and we're live at the YPC Summit in Washington, D.C. I'm Mark Peterson, and this is the FEMA Podcast. We're recording live at the Youth Preparedness Summit in Washington, D.C. FEMA created the Youth Preparedness Council, or YPC, in 2012 to bring together young leaders who are interested in supporting disaster preparedness and making a difference in their communities. By completing disaster preparedness projects nationally and locally, the YPC supports FEMA's commitment to involve America's youth in preparedness-related activities. It also provides an avenue to engage young people by taking into account their perspectives, feedback, and opinions. On this episode of the FEMA podcast, we sit down with members of the council at the 2018 Youth Preparedness Council Summit to get their perspective on the importance of youth preparedness in America. All right, welcome to the FEMA podcast. We're excited to be recording on site at the Youth Preparedness Council Summit, which is being hosted by the American Red Cross here in Washington, D.C., I'd like to welcome from FEMA's Individual and Community Preparedness Program, Natalie Enclade. Thank you. Great to be here. And also very excited to have two of our Youth Preparedness Council members, Savannah Huff. Hi, thank you for having me. And Kinsey Hinson. Hey, how are y'all? Thank you for having me. Now, Savannah, you're from? Joplin, Missouri. Joplin, Missouri. And Kinsey, you're from? Mount Olive, North Carolina. Excellent. And, uh, you know, before we get to our... Um, the incredible stories of what you two are doing in your communities to support disaster preparedness. And I wanted to see if we could add a little context to the Youth Preparedness Council and what it does. So Natalie, tell us a little bit about the council and why we're meeting here. Sure. So we create, this is the seventh year for the summit. We created the Youth Preparedness Council in 2012. It is a competitive program. So they, uh, the youth have to compete to be a member of the council. There's 15 members of the council each year. Um, and they are responsible for a project, either nationally or locally, um, centered around preparedness. Great. And, and so during the two days of the summit, What's, uh, what's going to be taking place over the next couple of days? Got a really packed schedule um, these two days. So we'll have a bunch of presentations from youth preparedness experts. There will be a Q&A session with FEMA leadership. So Administrator Brock Long and Deputy Administrator Dan Kanuski will engage with the council. We're, we're also really excited for this to be the venue to kick off our our. Prepare with Pedro activity book. That is a partnership with the American Red Cross. And we're also going to debut our Ready to Help card game, which is a youth version of our Until Help Arrives training. Okay, so, you know, uh, it sounds like it's a really packed schedule there with lots of things going on um, here in the summit itself. But you, you two arrived here last night, right? Yes, sir. So, and uh, you got to do a, f a couple of fun activities around the Washington, D.C. area, right? So I think last night you did a scavenger hunt, right? Where was that? Tell me. Yes, it was at the Smithsonian, um, the Natural History Museum, and it was really fun. We got a checklist of a bunch of different um, things we needed to find in the museum, like um, an exit sign or a fire extinguisher. And we went around and we took pictures with a couple of the other members, um, and then we sent them to our leaders. So you got to know each other a little bit yes. and, and kind of get a sense of what talents uh, the other 15 or the other 13 members of the council are sort of bringing to this this group, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so Savannah, I want to ask, 
I understand you're you are a native of Joplin, Missouri, and you lived there during the 2011 tornadoes. Can you tell me about that experience? Sure. So I was 11 at the time of the tornadoes, um, so I was really young. So I definitely um, have like the youth perspective on natural disasters. Um, I had a unique experience because my dad was the superintendent of the schools at that time. So um, several of the schools were destroyed by the tornado. So if you can imagine uh, a town of like 60,000 people, a third of the town was destroyed. So roughly 20,000 people displaced, including the um, high school was uh, demol like demolished by the tornado. Um, so whenever I was, I was since, since I was so young, um, I couldn't really help with the recovery effort very much just because it was dangerous, you know, going to people's houses and trying to like salvage things. Um, so I went to North Middle School, which was um, basically the headquarters of the school district's recovery. And um, we packed little boxes of, you know, food and toiletries, toilet paper, um, snacks, water bottles. And that's what I did whenever um, I was 11. So was that a pretty defining moment for for you in thinking about how you can help not just your community, but maybe nationally um, adding to the conversation about preparedness and, and youth preparedness? Um, absolutely. So lots of the people in Joplin did not take cover at all, or they just stayed in their cars, which is the most dangerous thing that you can do. Um, so that's definitely something that I wanted to educate people about, because I believe that a lot more people would have... Um, I think that a lot more people could have survived um, if they had not been in their cars during the tornado. Mm. And I think that um, the public needs to be more educated about um, different things that you should do whenever there is a natural disaster. So that's why I joined the council. Have you have you done things uh, already to try to advance that? Yes. So we are working um, with our FEMA YPC group. We're making a video right now. And it's really unique because we have a very diverse group. So I'm from Joplin, Missouri, so we have tornadoes. And then we have a girl from Puerto Rico, and so she has experienced a hurricane. Um, then we have someone from Boulder, Colorado, and so he knows a lot about snowstorms and um, blizzards and things like that. And then we have one from Utah, and he is um, he knows a lot about forest fires. And then the last one is from Seattle, so he's experienced um, or knows a little bit about earthquakes. So we've kind of um, paired all of our knowledge together, and we're making a video to send out, um, hopefully through some sort of education system, and um, that way we can educate the youth um, specifically. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Kinsey, I want to kind of turn to you a little bit. Um, so y at such a young age, you've already had uh, a really big impact in your community. Tell me about the food pantry that you own and operate, right? Yes, sir. So tell me about that. Okay. So I run and operate the Make a Difference Food Pantry in Mount Olive. We do about 8,000 people a month. Um, we have nine Saturday outreach sites. We do a Backpack Buddy program. We do a Senior Citizens Mobile Pantry. Um, we experienced Hurricane Matthew during 2016. And I was 12 at the time, and we were open for 48 days straight. And the pantry was? Yes, sir. Wow. Um, half of Wayne County was cut off because the bridge flooded, so we had no access to food or anything. So I was my disaster relief site for my, for my side of the county, for entire Wayne County, Johnson County, and Sampson County as well. And how much, how, many, how much food are you bringing in each day and then, and then giving out? Um, last Thursday when we were open... 
We broke down the numbers this morning, actually, before I got here, and we did 827 people, 325 families, and 30,000 pounds of food went out of there on Thursday, just how alone. Much, how much time do you spend there? Um, it's between 50 and 70 hours a week. Wow. Yes, sir. So you're after school and then... Homeschooled. You're, oh, you're homeschooled. Okay, yes, great. Yes, sir. Great. And then uh, I assume the weekends are probably just as busy as during the weekdays. Yes, sir. Um, we have set days where I can do my schoolwork, which is Mondays and Tuesdays, and most of the time on weekends if I don't pay attention and get it done. <laughs> so those are normally my school days, and I take college classes as well to help me be better prepared sure. for natural disasters and for the food pantry as well. So I read that the pantry offers some educational and disaster preparedness information um, and information on healthy living and volunteerism. Why do you think it's important to include that in sort of the mission of the pantry? Because some people, if, they, if you look at their situation, if they can't afford food and they can't afford gas, you have to think about it. They don't know disaster plans. They don't know what to do if a disaster were to come. Because when Hurricane Matthew hit, people were devastated. They didn't know what to do. There was no plan in place. So my perspective is, and as long as the other perspectives in this council is to better prepare people for a natural disaster. So if something were to happen again like this, we would be better prepared for the situation. Sure. So I'm going to ask, uh, I'm going to ask this question of both of you. Um, why do you think it's important to motivate young people um, to be more disaster aware um, and also to be more prepared? What do you think it is about young people that we need to motivate? Um, a fresh perspective and a different viewpoint because young people are often less afraid of change than adults are. We see the good in the world and most adults don't. So I think a youth perspective is a good perspective to have, in my opinion. What do you think, Sam? I think it's really important to educate youth specifically because they're going to go home, they're going to tell their friends, they're going to tell their parents and their siblings. It's going to travel. It's going to, yeah, it's going to travel. So um, they're basically like, um, I don't know. Never mind. A little sponges. Viral. Yeah. Viral preparedness. You know, with with you two, you know, being the individuals that you are, uh, you know, a dinner table conversation is far more involved than maybe um, youths who aren't as interested in this topic, right? Yeah. So you could probably sit around the dinner table and participate in that family discussion about what it means to be prepared. Yes. Right? So have you ever had those conversations with your family about you know, what would we do in an emergency situation? Yes, we, um, I remember whenever I was little, we talked about um, where we would go if there was a fire at our house. And so we like designated a tree like outside of our yard. And I remember talking about that at the dinner table also. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We did one for Hurricane Matthew because we knew there was going to be a big flood. So we did one for Hurricane Matthew. And I think we did one for fire as well. Um, so we kind of have a plan in place too. Sure. So Administrator Long will be speaking later uh, later on in the summit, I think tomorrow, and uh, he's certain to mention the development of this culture of preparedness. So that's a big thing for Administrator Long and for FEMA, where we're trying to really shift the, have a mind shift in Americans to, to think of themselves as empowered in, in preparedness and, and develop that uh, that sense that everybody needs to be prepared. And so um, if you could advise him on how to do that, what would you tell Administrator Long? Anything? Um, I would tell him that social media is definitely a really big part of that because um, I 
see ads on my, you know, my Instagram every day and I watch most of them um, because I'm trying to figure out what it's about. And um, so I definitely think that if you did some kind of ad or um, promotion or are more active on the social media, that um, it would definitely be helpful. What what kind of ads uh, like stand out in your mind? Uh, what videos. kind of what kind of a visual would videos videos, videos catch my attention? Yeah. Neighbor helping neighbor videos or, you know, people surviving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Neighbor helping neighbor. Okay. Yeah. Or like a, some kind of like story, like mm-hmm. sad story or happy story or I don't know. Kind okay. of showing what FEMA does. Yeah. That'd be a good one. Yeah. Okay. We got one vote for social media. Kenzie, what do, what do you think? What would you advise Administrator Long to do to help advance a culture of preparedness? Um, probably make a short YouTube video and post it everywhere to show people how they can be ready for a disaster and to show them that is FEMA does a lot in our communities that people don't even know, and they do a lot nationally. So I would like that to be brought together and show people what FEMA actually does because they don't have a perspective of what you guys do. Mm-hmm. So we really appreciate what you do, and I just think that would be a great opportunity for you guys. Sure. So, so Natalie, I want to go back to you. Um, you mentioned that the YPC members are expected to complete some disaster preparedness projects, both nationally and locally. Um, so what are some examples of those projects? And So the members are really, really impressive. Um, we had a former YPC member in Guam organized an island-wide preparedness event, and FEMA and ICPD staff are with the members throughout the entire thing, so we supported that effort. Um, Many members speak to schools, businesses about what they can do to promote a culture of preparedness. Um, Also really impressive, the members support each other too. So we had a youth preparedness member in a different part of the country um, house a member from Puerto Rico. Cool. So Savannah, and we already heard a little bit about the project that you're working on with your group. So Kinsey, have you thought about a project that you'll be tackling? Because you're new to the to the Youth Preparedness Council. So yes, sir. W- what kind of projects? I mean, in your ample spare time, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not already working uh, on the food pantry that you own and operate, <laughs> but also working towards college credits. Um, what kind of projects are you thinking about? Um, I've met with several fire departments because I am a fire princess for Delta Fire Department in my area. Um, we've met with several to have more emergency feeding sites in place as well to and escape routes if flooding were to occur again. Um, I have put together plans for educators to learn to use what is in their classroom to protect children and brochures to teach primary and elementary students to be attentive to people they see at their schools that they don't recognize. Um, and things that may be out of normal and report to their teachers. So I think I want to put a disaster plan in every school. In we're going to start with Wayne County, then Johnson County, and then we're going to go all into the state of North Carolina. Wow, yes, that's sir. impressive. So um, you you two are incredible individuals, and we're really looking forward to having you here on the Youth Preparedness Council. So. Uh, what are you looking forward to most uh, on your experience here in Washington for the summit and being on the council, Kinsey? I hope to bring back knowledge to my community and a deeper understanding of disaster training skills because where I'm from, we don't have that many skills. So I hope to bring skills back from this council to teach other people in my community. So Savannah, you're returning um, this year. So what are you hoping to get out of this summit? 
I'm really looking forward to seeing the other group's presentations to see what they've been up to all year um, because we all split off into different groups and we still have a main group chat that we all talk to um, each other. Um, but I haven't really seen exactly what everybody else is doing. So I'm really excited to see that. Great. Well, um, I hope you two enjoy the uh, summit over the next couple of days and wish you well. Thank you. Thank you. We've linked to this episode on our FEMA Facebook page, and we invite you to join the conversation in the comments. If you have ideas for a future topic, send us an email at fema-podcast at fema.dhs.gov. If you would like to learn more about this episode or other topics, visit fema.gov slash podcast. Podcast.